Hi, Min here, your best friend. In the last episode, we said that this particular episode would be out on August 23rd, 2020. This didn't happen because the K-pop Sunday headquarters got infested by goblins wielding clickers. This caused a lot of technical difficulties, meaning that the audio quality in this particular episode will be a bit all over the place. But hopefully you will enjoy the thrilling conclusion to the after school saga, and we truly hope that our next episode will not take three weeks to be released. Anyhow, I love you, onwards with the episode! This is K-Pop Sunday, brought to you by K-Pop Sunday before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Onyx, Min, and JR. Welcome to episode 22. Today we will continue our topic from last episode, all about after school. So far, we are currently in 2014, and they are venturing on to their fifth year, and the lineup is currently consisting of Yuyun, Younga, Ui, Reina, Nana, Lissy, Young, and Gun. So, following 2013, After School did not return to Korea, but that is not the case for Orange Caramel, so this very long monologue of mine will be going back and forth between After School and Orange Caramel. Anyhow, let us continue. The year is 2014, and After School as a full group on January 29th released the single Shh. As I said, the single came out on January 29th, but the music video was actually released exclusively on MTV Japan in December of 2013. And it was also released on their Japanese label, Avex Tracks official YouTube page, also in December 2013. So it was a bit odd having the official sale release of the single in January. Anyhow, the single peaked at number 7 on the Oricon Daily Singles chart and at number 28 on the Billboard Japan Hot Single Sales. So I know I just said that After School as a full group would not return to Korea, but they kinda did because on February 21st they released a digital single week to celebrate Brave Brothers' 10th anniversary. But this song never actually got a music video or any sort of promotions at all because it was a digital single. But the song is extremely wholesome and it doesn't sound like a Brave Brothers song usually does. It's a lot more mellow and it's just really pretty. And you should go listen to it if you want to see what Brave Brothers can make that isn't early sister or early after school because Brave Brothers did produce their debut song and also a couple of other of after school's earlier songs and week sounds nothing like any of these songs so <laughs> it's worth a listen it's really good i like it following this in march specifically march 12th orange caramel had a comeback with the single catalina which became a pretty solid success and the single album peaked at number five on the Gone Albums charts. Catalina is honestly one of my favorite music videos they've ever made. It's super fun, the sets and the outfits are absolutely stunning, the acting is great, and if you have not watched this music video, you really, really should go look at it because it is extremely different from what a lot of K-pop artists did at the time and are doing now and did before. It's very different. It's iconic. It was also the peak of their video quality and set quality yeah. and costume quality. It was just, it was very well done. They knew what 
they were going to do. Mm-hmm. Catalina was an example of when they knew what their style was and they just ran for it. Yes. And this also translated over to their stage performances because all of their stage outfits were iconic, still are, and the way they performed it even became a massive ass meme, still a meme to this day. It's wonderful. And even with how popular and well received this song and music video was, there still was controversy with it because it was banned on KBS due to the girls while pretending to be sushi were put in plastic containers and KBS was like no this is belittling human rights so we will not show this music video it wasn't because covering yourself in plastic that's kind of dangerous it was just the image itself of that particular scene was too upsetting for KBS which is kind of sad it was kind of interesting At that time, there was a lot of censorship of music videos. Like, Min, I don't know if you remember this, but Hiyori, she had a song. It's the one from H-Logic. Shitty Shitty Bang Bang? Yeah. Do you remember that she got in trouble for the music video because she wasn't wearing a seatbelt? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that, like, surprised me about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang and Catalina was that they were so obviously staged for the music video that if you thought, oh, she's really going to drive that, like, on the freeway, or you think that these girls were like, you know what? Everybody, let's wrap ourselves in plastic. Like, if that's what you kind of drew from that, like, that's more on you. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of dumb bands that have been over the years, but that's one of those I feel like that everyone sort of remembers because it was so absurd. So if you want an episode on us just complaining... Yeah, about... Just stupidity. Yeah, banning of music videos, it's a broad topic and we can complain for hours. Please tell us if you want that. (laughs) We will do it. (laughs) We really would love to do that because we know some very interesting things. Here to share the salt. (laughs) Let us jump back to after school as a full group and Japan because Japan was their life in 2014. We're still in March though. So on March 19th, only a week after Orange Caramel's release of Catalina, After School released their second full-length Japanese album called Dress to Kill. This would also subsequently become the group's last ever normal full-length album ever. And Dress to Kill was a bit of an odd one because the album's title tracks were the previously released Heaven, which came out in 2013 and Shh, which also came out kinda in 2013, kinda in 2014. It was weird. So there weren't really any new music videos to be released with this album, and there weren't really anything for them to promote. So it was a bit of an odd one. Though that doesn't mean that they did not promote this album whatsoever, but it was more at fan events like fan club events and also later in the year so we'll come back to it but it was just kind of strange honestly there isn't a lot more to say on it anyway (laughs) after march comes may as always and on may 8th the first episode of after school's beauty bible aired on kbs and you can actually find all of the 29 episodes of this show on kbsn their youtube channel kbs has multiple youtube channels but you can specifically find a playlist on KBS Ed. Though there is no English subtitles and 
It's kind of sad that there is no English subtitles. Somebody over at KBS, please fix. I would love to understand what's going on here. Towards the end of May, May 20th specifically, Orange Caramel released a promotional single for Baskin Robbins. Single was called A Bing A Bing to promote Baskin Robbins' new line of Bingsu. And the song is really cute and it's all about ice cream. These girls got a lot of food related concepts and outfits and just food. Orange caramel and food. They're doing the thing that I told you that BTL should have done. <laughs> They're doing it. See, like, this is proof of concept that it can work. <laughs> I also just realized I have not in any of these documents mentioned My Funny Honey, which I don't remember when it came out, but that has a lot of oranges in it. Peak yeah. orange caramel song. It's very good. A couple of months after this, Orange Caramel released their fourth official single album called My Copycat. It came out on August 18th, and the single for the single album was also named My Copycat. One of the best MVs ever, in my opinion. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was very Where's Waldo inspired, and it's cute. Yeah, makes you pay attention. The My Copycat single album managed to peak at number 8 on the Gone Albums charts, and they also released a second music video for the track Gangnam Avenue, which came out about a month after the music video for My Copycat dropped. Gangnam Avenue is also such a good song, and it's so sad that they never performed it, because I would love to learn the dance for it, but it doesn't have a dance, because they never performed it. But it is also a very good song. Like, it's a good single album. My Copycat, even though it only had two singles on it, both of those singles, bangers. So great. My Copycat also became Orange Caramel's last proper promotion. It was not their last release, but still, My Copycat was their last proper promotion where they went on music shows and did the whole K-pop promotion cycle. But in September, Orange Caramel did release a song called Tonight for the drama It's Okay, That's Love, which you can also translate into It's Alright, This Is Love, and the Orange Caramel song appeared on that drama's original soundtrack, Part 8. So as with many OST singles, it did not get promoted, it did not get a music video. I like that that has become a thing in later years where soundtrack singles now kinda get a music video. It's very cute. This did not. It's a good song. Doesn't really sound like any of Orange Caramel's other releases, and it was probably not the note that they intended to go out on, but it's still a very lovely song, which you should listen to if you ever get the chance. Thus we come over to October, in which the only thing that really happened was Reina made her solo debut with the single album Reset and the title song You End and Me, which is very pretty and goes on to the list of songs you should listen to if you want to because it's pretty. But as you can probably tell, most of 2014 After School didn't really do a lot as a full group. But they still had one more thing coming, and that was their second Japanese tour, Dress to Shine, which was to promote their Dress to Kill album. And this happened in November, towards the end of November, November 21st to be specific. It's just a bit odd having the promotional tour for the Dress to Kill album in November, when the album came out in March. This tour would become their very last Japanese tour and the last tour after school did as a full group. 
And to end 2014, on December 31st, Yoyon's contract with Pledis Entertainment expired, and her graduation was announced, though she would still have to promote with After School in Japan, because her contract with their Japanese label, Alex Tracks, hadn't expired yet. And that leads us in to the slow and steady years of 2015. And onwards. Onward. On January 23rd of 2015, the second season of After School's Beauty Bible was released, and you can find it as a playlist on KBS World. Then on March 18th, Best, which was their Japanese compilation album, was released, and there were some releases like they had a new track called Shine, and that also got a music video, but it was only performed at their concerts. Two days later, they had a fan club event in Tokyo, and Juyeon got her graduation diploma, and that was where she was officially done with after school. Once again, kind of cute. They feed into the whole A, we're a school group. Then, finally, after only a few promotions for Best, the group went into indefinite hiatus. Members started doing solo activities, and slowly but surely, the members fell away from Pletus. The same course happened through the subunit Orange Caramel, and they had their very last performance together on April 15th of 2016 at SBS's Cultural Show Legend Concert, the 10th anniversary special, where they performed My Copycat. And from there came the official list of departures and the end of music for After School and Orange Caramel. So the first member to officially leave the group was the leader at the time, Jung Ah, and she announced her departure on January 28th, 2016, and this was due to her contract expiring. And then just a year later, on May 31st, 2017, Pletus announced that Yui graduated from the group. Again, her contract expired, and she had steadily, it seemed like, been moving into the acting world more so than making music, so that made sense. Another year passed, and on May 1st, 2018, Pletus announced that Lizzie also decided to graduate from the group. Again, her contract expired, but Pletus quickly stated that Orange Caramel would not actually disband, and there was a possibility of a comeback at some point, although there has been no information about that. I am I'm holding on to hope, but it's slipping away. I don't know. We'll see. Meanwhile, in 2019, there were no promotions for the group, no news. The only news came to the fans on December 27th when Pledis announced that Reyna's contract had expired and she would be leaving the company. This meant that the group was down to three members of After School and only one member of Orange Caramel. This year, Kaun's contract expired this July and she chose to not re-sign with Pledis. Young announced that she would also leave the company this year. This leaves Nana as the only member of After School and Orange Caramel still around. So now let's talk about what the members of After School are doing now. Yes, so as Onyx just said, Nana is under Pletus Entertainment, but she has been acting. And she started acting actually in 2014 after having a small appearance in the film Fashion King, which is, it's a trip. It's an interesting one. But she's, her character is pretty funny, even though it does show up for like two seconds. 
She also appeared on multiple variety shows, followed by the Chinese drama Love Weaves Through a Millennium. In 2020, she was announced to have a role in the KBS drama Into the Ring, which started airing in the beginning of July, and it actually just aired its last episode on the 19th of August, that is. I still haven't seen it yet. I'm very excited. It's been a great drama. I highly suggest it. But yeah, that's pretty much what Nana's been doing. So as we said, Young left the group in 2020, but three years prior to that, she actually opened up her own music academy called Young Music Academy, where she offered singing, dancing, and instrument lessons. She actually can play quite a few instruments, including guitar, bass, drums, piano, flute, cello, clarinet, trumpet, violin, and even the harp which is impressive. She also has a YouTube channel called Young TV, where she showcases her skills. And when she announced her departure from after school, she also mentioned that she would be working on an album. So we wish her the best of luck with that and hope it comes out soon. Yay. While still under Pletus, Reyna released some music, including her second single album, Loop, which came out in 2017. But then even after leaving the company and the group, she has continued making music and has appeared on multiple drama OSTs. And even in 2020, she released a song called Anne, which came out in April, and Love is Danger from the Once Again OST Part 4, which came out in June. She also has an active YouTube channel called I'm Reina, which I think she just hit a subscriber milestone, if I'm correct. I feel like I saw that somewhere. Gan left in 2019, and she actually first appeared in a drama, The Idol Master Korea, but is probably noticed more for her appearance on Produce 48, where she consistently stayed in the top 12, but placed at number 14 during the finale and did not make the cut, unfortunately. She was still under Pletus during that time and shortly after left the company. In 2019, she released her first single, Remember You, and she used her full name, Lee Gaun, to promote it. She, as well has an active YouTube channel under her full name. Now let's talk about Lizzie. So first of all, she left the group in 2018. She made her solo debut and went a very different way from her previous idol activities with the trot single, Not an Easy Girl, which was a very big hit. It's just so good. Not an Easy Girl. If you don't know Korean trot, and it's like, that sounds scary, go listen to Not an Easy Girl. It's so good. Love it. Ah. Yeah, Trot's really good here. Like, if you haven't heard Trot yet, you need to get into that. It's the thing to do. We should do a Trot episode. Because a lot of idols have dabbled in it. Not an Easy Girl was followed by Goodbye, PMS. So you also need to go watch that music video because it's incredible and Min really likes it. So do it for her. Uh, Lizzie has also since started acting, and her newest drama is Oh My Baby, which ran from May to July of this year. And I didn't realize that that was her in it, but looking back now, it makes sense. Her hairstyle was very different. I feel like that was the main thing that switched it. But that, it's a hilarious drama, but it's also kind of heart-wrenching. It's a really weird mix of the two, but it works. So... It's a good one. I suggest you watch it. Speaking of dramas, Yui, who left the group in 2017, she had been wanting to be an actress from the start. And even though she started acting in 2009, after she left after school, she signed with a new company and continued to act. She appeared in My Contracted Husband, Mr. O, which she won two awards for. And in 2020, she appeared in an episode of 
SF8, and on I Live Alone. I also recommend Manhole, which she starred in with Jaejung. I do not recommend Manhole. Fight me. We're going to fight. We're going to have an episode and we're going to (laughs) fight. And I'm right. And Bado from B1A4 was also in there. So ignore her. Try it for yourself and see how you feel. If <laughs> you were an old school... how good the cast was. It was such a mess. It was meant to be a mess. That was the point. No. Don't do that yes, to Jae Joong. it was meant poor to be Jae a mess. Poor Jae What do you mean poor Jae Joong? He's been a mess this whole time. <laughs> like, that's his brand of comedy. The thing is, Yui is a good actor, and nobody on that cast could carry how poor of a script it was. That's all I want to say. It was I meant to say. be a mess. No, I will not accept this. I will not accept it. Moving on from this argument, Jonga <laughs> left in 2016. Not long after she left the group, she released the single Spring Summer with J-Star in June. A year later, it was announced that she was dating Jung Chang-yong, who is a basketball player, and they later married in 2018, and now she is a mother. And now she's active on Instagram as Jung underscore A- underscore Kim. It's very wholesome and very cute. As you would expect. And then Juyun left in 2015. She ended up joining a new company and she dived full force into acting. She had been consistently appearing in TV shows since 2011, but from 2015 and onward, she's been going at it in the drama scene. She appeared on SBS's drama Hyena. She might appear in JTBC's upcoming drama Private Life. We're not sure yet. And she also appears on the YouTube channel EdBTV. Her Instagram is J-U-P-P-P. That's three P's. A-L. And she is also active there. It's very fun seeing all these people on social media. Then we have Kahi, who left the group in 2012. And her case is a bit strange because she left after school, before her contract with Pledis Entertainment ended. So she did release solo music and started acting before she moved on to a different entertainment, like most do. And since leaving after school, she has had many different jobs in the entertainment industry as a songwriter, as a choreographer, appearing in musical theater, and just keeping busy. In 2016, she married Yang Yun Mu and now has two children. And very recently, as in July of 2020, she left her current company and as of recording this episode, she has yet to sign with a new one, so it will be interesting to see what she does in the future. If she signs with somebody new, she makes her own. If she becomes a full-time mom, we don't know. But she is active on her Instagram Kahi underscore Korea. And she was also a mentor on the first two seasons of Produce 101. So you might have already seen her if, if you can't put a face to the name. I believe she did choreography. Because that's her thing, right? Yeah. She was yeah. big on that. Yeah. So that would make sense. It's been a while since I watched the show's She's done a lot of TV shows, I think, too. Yeah, that is true. Then we have Becca, who left in 2011. She left the group to pursue a career in design. Though not long after leaving after school, she did appear on Lee Hiyori's show Golden 12, and in 2012, she opened up a online store called I Crave You, where she sold prints and jewelry and other knickknacks. But this store does not seem to be live anymore. I don't know when it got shut down, but she has moved on. 
to doing other things. She also appeared at KCON 2013, where she said that she would have her American debut at some point, but as far as I could find, this did not happen, and she's had a internet presence since like 2012, but she hasn't been active in the entertainment world, even though she has had like Tumblr blogs and general internet activities. <laughs> Most of those old blogs from like 2013, 2014 are all defunct by now. But earlier this year, she opened up the YouTube channel Super Beck. As of recording this episode, her newest video on the Super Beck channel was from back in May, but she did state in that specific video that she wanted to make more, so hopefully she will release more content. That would be really cool. You can also find her on Instagram at superbeck, but there is dots, periods between every letter. She has changed her Instagram username a couple of times, so maybe she has changed it by this episode release? Maybe not. She hasn't. Cool. Actually. And quick side note, two days ago, literally two days ago, she uploaded a video of herself warming up with hashtag coming soon. So that sounds like a teaser for something. So fun. So yeah, it'll be fun seeing what she does in the future. Lastly, we have Soyoung, who left all the way back in 2009. As we said in the last episode, she left after school to pursue acting. And act she did. The newest film I could find that she was in was Beastie Girls from 2017. And she had a very minor role in Miss Hammurabi. She also was part of the panel on Channel A's I Heard It From The Wind, though I don't think she's on that particular panel anymore. I couldn't really find any newer activities from her, but she is active on her Instagram, so so lovely, spelled with double S's. But yeah, it's very fun seeing how active most of the former after school members are on social media because that's something that wasn't a thing back in the day. And now you can see like their cute families and their cute outfits and whatnot. It's very fun. Anything else we should say about after school? Just so impressive with their performances and their ideas. And like, I understand that like they wanted to go their separate ways, but I just really impressed with them as a girl group. Like that stands out to me as, in my opinion, one of the best girl groups that's ever been created in K-pop. Yeah. Just my opinion. We also, of course, didn't mention every single thing they've ever done. We can't. (laughs) Yeah, in these two episodes, because it would take forever. So, as I am the newer of the fans here, (laughs) I actually know more of After School from their solo work and subunit than their actual music. I know more of it now, but especially going into it, like I saw Yui in a bunch of dramas. I saw like Lizzie, Nana, Reina occasionally. Also, a lot of it was from interactions with other groups under Pletus. But mm. I would just suggest that even now, after they're, I don't want to say they're disbanded, but they're kind of disbanded since Nana is the only one under Pletus. Yeah. I would suggest that you still look out for what they're doing because a lot of it's really good. And it's really cool that so many of the members are still in the industry, even after leaving their original group. Yeah, and if you stumbled across these episodes without having any knowledge of the group, a lot of their music still holds up pretty well. It might be daunting looking into K-pop groups that aren't active anymore, because it's a 
big backlog, but yeah, they're a very interesting group, and their music is really good. They're worth it. Shall we jump over to the answer to last week's trivia question? Last time I asked, do you know who was the first co-ed group in K-pop? So now we're going to talk about the answers. So Min and JR, in front of the document, you see some names of groups that are also co-ed. And they have their years of when they debuted. So in 1994, there was Tutu. That was a co-ed group with one girl. Cool. They're still running. Lura debuted in 1994 as well. Another group that people tend to cite as being an early group, Young Turks Club. Oh, bad name. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The person who put them together was a former member of Sotegian Boys. He does not deal with that now. Jaja, that's another one that a lot of people reference for being old K-pop, but they debuted also in 1996. They're famous for the song On the Bus, or technically In the Bus, which it sounds very corny, but it's actually a very casual song. KYT, Coyote. They debuted in 1998, which I didn't realize how long ago they debuted. The other one that you might have heard of is Sharp. They're very famous for many reasons. <laughs> uh, they debuted in 1998 as well. So those were some of the co-ed groups that I originally thought were the first that I was very wrong about. So do you guys have any other guesses before I show you the truth? Nope. Not one. So this group debuted in 1992. Wow. They are known as Jim. And this group, it, for, for being a co-ed group, the thing that interests me the most is that it's four guys and one girl. But also the, the female member did not stay around for forever. She was only there for like one to do promotions. That's it. <laughs> but it's still interesting though that at debut, that's as going as far back, that's the oldest I could find. I didn't know about them until this. So yes, you've all learned something new. So the first K-pop idol co-ed group was Jaim, J-A-E-M in Hangul, Z-A-M in English. So it looks like Zam, but you don't say it like that. I say it like that. It's the English romanization. We're going to take it, man. Well, it's also Korea wants to say Z's, but they spell them as J's. It would have been closer yeah. if they used S's, but anyway. Min, take it away. So on August 23rd, 2011, Nemesis released their third album, Piano, with a single ending credit, which is a very melodic rock song. The sound of the song reminds me so much of a Wishel K band. It's just less dramatic and their fashion is normal rock band fashion, but it still has like that Wishel K flair to it. It's this one is hard to explain if you're not really into Japanese rock, I just realized. But yeah, Nemesis, they're a good K-rock band if you want to listen to one that is getting rather old by now, which is weird. 2011 was like yesterday, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, it's a good song. I'd highly recommend it. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at Kpop Sunbase or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Annyeong.